Hey everyone, how you doing? Um, yeah, how are you doing? Um, yeah, never before, maybe, has, uh, has that phrase had so much uh, piquancy with, um, with us all at the moment, but um, suffice to say, I hope you and your, your loved ones are, are well and you are uh, uh, managing the, uh, the impact of this virus with your, uh, as I know all of you, <laughs> one way or another, your usual good humour, um, stoicism and, um, and lightness of lightness of touch. Um, I won't ramble too much, you'd be delighted to know. Um, this is the first of two uh, parts of an uh, episode uh, I recorded with a friend and, uh, and colleague, Dave Shaw, who is a digital marketeer. Uh, based in London and the South East. Um, he knows quite a lot about marketing, he's very experienced and um, as with most of you I have um, uh, regular rambles around new different ways of thinking and different angles on, on digital and tech and humans and society. Um, so this episode is, is uh, split into two parts of about half hour each. This first part looks at the impacts of COVID-19 on digital marketing, uh, digital marketing um, agency, individual space, and, and kind of starts making some some um, nods towards AI towards the end. Second part um, is focusing a wee bit more on the AI aspects of it and the, and the longer term implications. So I hope you enjoy it as ever. Um, I'll come back at the end of this first part just to kind of summarise and 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 uh, lead on to the lead on to the second. Okay, hope you enjoy it. Okie doke, so we are off and running. Dave, how are you? I'm very well, so yourself? Yeah, yeah, not bad. We'll, uh, we'll put all the conversation in context, I'm sure, in a bit. <laughs> and um, so, so let's just kick off with um, telling our wonderful listeners and audience um, a little bit about yourself, if you could uh, let us know who you are. Who are you and what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, Mitch Joel-esque uh, for the beginning of that. Um, yeah, so I'm David Shaw. I'm a Kent-based digital strategist and um, GDPR uh, practitioner. Cool. Very good. You see, when I have to say what I do, I'm bloody awful at it. I've rambled on for hours. I never really know <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm doing. Anyway, okay. Lovely to have you, Dave. Um, so we are talking at the end of March 2020. And everyone knows what's going on, or or if they listen to this a considerable amount, amount of time in the future, everyone knows what what's happening now. Um, and certainly the the COVID nineteen virus has um, had a massive impact on every aspect of life, and we don't at this stage we have no idea what the impact's going to be on society, on digital on the economy, on our relationships with each other, on our relationships in terms of the services and the environment we've been used to. Well, I'm 40, 46, um, what I've been used to all my life and the impact that could have going forward. With your, with your, or what I'm gonna try and do over the next few weeks is talk to experts in lots of different areas in terms of what their thoughts are. And, and I know it's early stages and we've all be proved wrong, maybe. Um, <laughs> In years to come but but in terms of your experience Dave in the marketing world and specifically digital marketing what and it's still very early stage we're only we're only kind of week into a proper lockdown here and it's probably only been two two and a half weeks since everyone's really kind of woken up to what this virus is the impact this virus could have 
uh, on us as, as as humans and on the on on, on the global economy and, and environment. What what do you think that you've seen or, or kind of early indications you've got, Dave, around how this is changing? Or is it changing the way that, that digital marketing and digital marketing professionals work in the you know, industry? What are your early thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's it's obviously really interesting times. It's um it's it's, it's really sort of, you know, the word unprecedented is getting quite overly used, but it you know, it is exactly that, you know, the right word at this moment in time. In terms of, sort of digital marketing, I think, you know, right at this moment in time, everyone's a, you know, still a little bit unsure. Everyone's kind of probably doing nothing they're probably just sitting on their hands a little bit um trying to get a feel for what you know their clients are doing um as 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 well as what they're doing i think people are a bit unsure whether to whether to market or not i think that's that they're a bit confused by it all they're not entirely sure whether they should be you know promoting themselves or their clients at this moment in time and uh i think right today um at the end of march i think people are sitting on their hands dave yeah and it's interesting isn't it they see (laughs) one word i've seen used a lot recently certainly the first couple of weeks is 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 people showing people showing empathy now i've always thought that in the digital space and in the digital marketing space empathy is a is a false um emotion that that businesses and and companies show you know they show you empathy to your face and they'll stab you in the back to 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 get on top of the to get on top of the termite hill as it were Um, what what do you think in terms of when they start to get away from from this kind of inertia this forced inertia because people are going through their own personal challenges at the moment undoubtedly um what, what would you advise a what would you advise two kind of different types of businesses what would you advise agencies to do digital agencies in terms of marketing themselves when they feel the time is right and when is that time do you think uh, uh, at the moment and, and secondly how would you advise um, let's let's take small medium enterprises how would you advise they start to kind of market themselves once they've once they've got off their hands and or maybe the, the, the kind of shock in inverted commas has subsided a bit well, yeah, you're right about the, uh, the sort of the empathy part. We've all been uh, a little bit overwhelmed and inundated with the the nonsense emails that have come through. Um, you know, everyone seems to have taken it as opportunity just to, to send an email out for the sake of it. And there's uh, there's a lot of them that. Um, that, that, that either companies you've not heard of in years or haven't heard of at all, or there's just no need. There's an actual fact that they, what they, the, the product or service they provide doesn't require them to necessarily send out a message to say, we're here for you. And I think most people get that. So there's the unnecessary marketing side, I, I don't think is, is, we don't need any more of that. I think you know, hopefully that's the end of it at this moment in time. For, for digital agencies right now, I think now's the time they need to be sort of coming on strong in terms of um, now's the time to be producing content, now's the time to be um, being that in that, that utility base, you know, in your advisory capacity, because the end users, the small businesses, the medium businesses, they don't know what to do at this particular time, and that's when the agencies can come into their own and so on. This is where they need to step up, and they need to be um, actually showing their worth now um, in terms of uh, advising it. And this comes back to that part that me and you, Dave, have been doing over the years—that strategy part of it. In actual fact, understanding. 
when's the right time to talk when's the right time to keep quiet and that's what I think digital agents need to be doing now they need to be initially making sure they're reaching out to their clients and saying we need to have a conversation we need to have a plan in place about what we're going to say or not say over the next four five six month period uh, uh, right now that's what I believe the the the, uh, the agency needs to be doing um, and the small business uh, equally if they do this stuff in-house I think they should be having the same conversation you need to be having a plan you need to be having a bit of a think uh, exactly what is our plan of action what is the right way to be doing this because there's there's undoubtedly going to be times um, when there's times to keep quiet there's times to say nothing uh, and there's equally there's probably times when in actual fact you could be you could be adding some genuine value in this situation particularly while people have more time on their hands than they normally would time to say nothing see you know i'm a useless marketeer right and everyone knows i'm a useless marketeer who i kind of come into contact with how hard is it to to do nothing to say nothing and is that a uh, and i got this is coming from a pure point of ignorance is that a valid and often use marketing strategy i.e. do nothing um, I, I think it's an underused strategy. I think okay. it's something. Right. Uh, yeah. I think in the majority of the time, people um, they feel pressure, um, mm. and and whether they feel pressure to, to say something for the sake of saying it. And I'm very mm. much uh, of the opinion that I would rather people say less, but say stuff with with more value, more thought process behind it, as opposed to saying stuff for the sake of it. All of the a lot of digital marketers, particularly at the smaller end of businesses, they they use that you know whatever. There's always a, it's always a day of something you know. There's always a, a, a national, you know, dog day, whatever it might well be, and these yeah. these. These marketers that then will just literally that's all they do is is create a post around with these days. they're talking for the sake of talking um, and I think that, and I would much rather see people have a little bit more restraint a little bit more strategy and be you know a little more thought process around it what should we be saying you know what you know and what what what's, what are we expected to be saying okay two questions there's really good points there two questions then off the back of that um, answer them in any way in, in any order you want so. So are, are digital marketeers or digital marketing executives or you know, people who, who have minimal marketing strategic ability, is their time up now? Because what we're seeing, do you think they're going to get, in inverted commas, found out a little bit? Um, a question one, <clears throat> excuse me, question two, what do you say to people who are going... And, and, and you've seen this, I've seen this, guys listening to this this episode will have, will have seen this and experienced it like we all have as well. What do you say to people when they go, well, I'm, I'm stopping my marketing budget, everything's on pause now. Um, is, it, is that a justifiable um, strategy for businesses to have if they're in certain markets, <clears throat> excuse me, so if they're in retail or hospitality at the moment or travel, is that valid? <clears throat> or would you say no, no, no? This is the time to to where you can um, open up your your available budgets and and kind of try and get on the front foot. Albeit, like you said earlier, Dave, making sure you don't a overdo the empathy bullshit. Um, and not that empathy's bullshit, but a lot of companies use that in in nefarious ways. Um, and, and don't kind of um, condescend and and pander to the audience. So that the two questions, two questions there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that first one there is um, about those agencies that don't have that strategy arm in there, don't have those abilities. They're the ones that, you know, they're, they're very much yeah service and uh, service led and, and that's what they, they sort of push. So I think that's going to be the interesting part because without that strategy side of it, they're, uh, they're going to struggle to now communicate with their clients. Um, and it leads on perfectly onto, onto that second point. So uh, in terms of the first question, whether I do, I think that they're, it's, it's the end of them. Um, but, Possibly, um, unlikely is the honest answer, though, in the sense that I think what's good for most people are going to do is the agencies will, will stop communicating, they'll stop talking, um, and the customers will stop communicating and stop talking um, because they don't know what to do and they don't know what to say because they're, they're, they're lacking and missing that strategy element within their agency. Um, and so uh, and people are there... They're a little bit head in the sand, and this is just as much as from a personal perspective as well as they are from the business perspective, because they've all been, you know, furloughed at this moment in time. You know, maybe everyone's just kind of thought, well, that means I can't do, you know, I can't do anything. Um, and from a, an agency strategy perspective, I think that, you know, that um, I, I think that could be a mistake. I, I genuinely do, particularly where there'll be some businesses that are actually they're looking for this. They're looking for their agencies right now to step up and say, tell me what to do. Tell me how do I get through this what should I and what shouldn't I be communicating so that's that, that first part of it um, and your um, and your second question was um, um, loosening the loosening the purse strings so absolutely how would you, how would you advise I mean what's interesting is we see some clients in some markets uh, so, so let's take retail Dave right so let's take retail so so the government have said basically shut hospitality shut and and the the minimum probably at the moment as much as can be certain is that's that's going to be twelve weeks. So actually, the government are saying we are shutting down your business for twelve weeks. Would you? And, and and quite rightly, some businesses in those areas are saying like we're going to just roll back on our on our spend because on our marketing spend because we are, we're furloughing staff. Um, we are we are trying to keep our heads above water in lots of different ways. Um, so they just say no marketing spend in those in those markets. A, do you advise them? Do you advise that's the right thing to do for them? And and what do you say to those in other markets who maybe haven't been told to close down by the government, but are still in very kind of nervous situations, and they're saying, "Well, I'm going to hold back on my marketing spend now." What would you say to those two? Do you give them the same answer, or would you give them would you give them different answers? It's cool. always a, always a different answer, um, uh, and I yeah. think it, it would always depend. Um, and this is where people like you and I, Dave, we earn our bread and butter. This is where we earn our money and so on. It would depend on the industry. It would depend on the business. Um, it depend on their audience. It's, there'll be there'll be a lot of contributing factors. But what I would the key thing that I will be looking at this is, let's have a look right now at uh, at the situation. Um, and across all industries and all business types, right now there's never been a better time to get people's attention because absolutely everybody globally is uh, predominantly at home uh, and looking at their mobile phones for most of the day or they're sitting on their laptops on the computers but predominantly tablets mobile phones and they're looking uh, and they're bored they're looking for uh, updates news just anything to keep themselves entertained and so on um, and so there's an awful lot of attention that is all being um, that, that's all available generally for marketing you know you've had to it's a, you had to consider when your target audience is going to be um, in that mindset of actually doing their research or just looking for some serendipity, looking for some inspiration, whatever it might well be. So in general, um, 
most people now are, are, are staring at their mobile phones um, and, and potentially are a captive audience. So that comes back down to um, the different businesses and the different agencies and that strategy element of it is... Is this the right time to be saying anything? And if so, what should we be saying? Um, yeah. And so I, I do believe, and that does need to be seriously considered. We mentioned earlier on the empathy point. In actual fact, I've seen more people in our space um, going, for God's sake, you know, not another email <laughs> from another brand that you know are, are offering their support and their help. You know, it's just it's just that they're using it as an opportunist thing. So you know, like with all things marketing, we decide to you know most people will see an opportunity at any. Reason reason to talk and they will talk so i do think we have to display um some restraint and we do have to have um it's definitely time to pause it's definitely time to reflect and it's definitely time to think right okay so in this moment with everybody in that current situation let's have a think about how we are going to communicate with our audience over the next six months you might you might just you might communicate very little you might drip things once a month, once every two months, twice a week, whatever it might, it will all depend on the individual circumstances and the different brand. But now is the time to be looking at potentially adding some value, finding a way to uh, having a reason to communicate with people, but in such a way that's now it's not time to be pitching. And I've definitely seen some things on LinkedIn about some salespeople saying, you know, don't complain at me about, you know, trying to do my job and about trying to sell. They have a point to a degree, you know, um, and I get quite passionate about the sales environment as a whole. Um, sales is a dirty word and it shouldn't be. Um, and this actually comes back to that same mindset again. If you can put yourself as, you know, in that utility role, let's find a way that we can actually add value. Let's try to find we can make people's lives easier, better, you know, whether it's through information um, entertainment inspiration education it doesn't matter find a way that you can actually do things it's got to be authentic though and i don't like that way again it's another overused word but it's lo as long as you have as long as it is authentic and as long as you are genuinely now trying to use this time to produce content or to produce utility in whatever way those are the brands that are going to be coming out the other side of this um a little bit more favorably and we're yet to see those first few case studies um, um, and I'm sure we'll see them come out, you know, towards the end of the year, beginning of next year, those that actually did the right thing. But it, my personal opinion is, yeah, now's the time to uh, is to be putting that strategy in place now, to be having that time to think and communicating with your clients, how are we going to be managing those six months? You explained to me what utility marketing was before, because I'd never really heard of it. And, I, you know, being a bit of an idiot, I wasn't really sure what it, what it meant. Could you just run through what what that is in, in, in kind of in terms of how you use it to engage people and, and that does it that can it appear a little bit needy sometimes in that in that respect? Yeah, with all of these different types of marketing, there's always uh, an element of making sure you get the you you read the room is what I like to say, and you understand the you know, the environment. You're in. So, utility-based marketing is certainly not an, an idea of mine. It's uh, Jay Bear um, who wrote the book. I think it was probably 18 months ago now, um, which is Y O Utility, the book Utility, and it's generally the idea of rather than trying to um, produce content and so on that's much more direct sales-based, actually 
try and find yourself uh, uh, being a utility in itself. Find a way that your company can be uh, utility-led in that sense. And some of the examples we mentioned earlier, obviously, whether it's mobile phone apps that are that are run by, I think it was Charmin, the toilet roll uh, over in the US, where they produced a mobile phone app where you could locate any public toilet uh, in America. Uh, and then it had a rating system, which you could then leave reviews once you'd used the facilities and so on. And it was just a great utility for people to be able to work out, you know, when they're on the road, they're in the car with the kids, whatever it will be, they can find out exactly where the nearest public restroom is available and find out whether it's uh, it's rated as a decent one or, not, or do you wait on for the next one. Um, but it's a great way of obviously of positioning uh, their brand. I mean, number one, we're talking about it and I've mentioned it a few times and it got into this particular book um, and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people were downloading the app. Um, and it's in fact, this is amazing. This is really useful. And the premise of the whole idea of utility-based marketing is where your content or your app or your whatever you're delivering is so useful you'd expect to pay for it gotcha understand so taking a bigger picture with what's going on at the moment uh and what's still to come <laughs> which we which we don't know really but that doesn't stop futurists making a fortune out of it does it really sometimes but um what do you what do you see the future of digital in, in, in brackets marketing as but the, the broader piece how do you think how do you think we are all changing as a result of what's happening um do you think the change in potentially our human awareness about how fragile the whole you know without getting too without getting too which i have a terrible tendency to do regularly as everyone knows um i'm like getting too kind of deep into it but you know, how fragile the economy is, how fragile our jobs are, how fragile the environment is. Um, do you think, uh, do you think that's a, that's a, that's a change that, that is going to stand the test of time before, or, or are we just going to go back to this greedy, and it is greed, this greedy capitalist um, focus on, you know, get, must have this, must have that, must climb other people to do that. Um, and, and if that is a change that's going to happen, and maybe society and individuals become a little bit more aware of what, what's going on. How's that going to change marketing? Is it going to change marketing? Because I hear a lot, I hear a lot from a lot of very, very skillful marketeers. Well, um, it, 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 and if we're looking at the area of persuasion, right? Because I've, I've always had this, you know, marketing has always persuaded people, but um, the technology now enables you to persuade an individual on a very personal level, right? Um, do you think that that the change we're seeing in uh, that's been forced upon us by this virus um, and maybe the, the increased awareness that we, we have as humans from that is that going to change marketing forever or, are, or is it or is the same old stuff going to going to still work you know the the the, the influence of marketing the 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 Maslow's hierarchy of need, which is, I've, I'm not, not I'm going to argue with, <laughs> with Maslow, but I've always thought it was a load of nonsense. Um, but, but yeah, I've rambled, but hopefully you get my point. Is marketing going to change forever off the back of this? Yeah, really interesting. And I think it, it, there's, I've got two schools of thought on this one. Um, we're, it's, it's one thing it has done, as I think it's now introduced, um, it, it's made people stop which is really, really important, um, uh, and hopefully giving people time to reflect um, because they have the time to do so. You know, the world has been sort of brought to this, to this standstill, so I'm hoping that will give people uh, a chance and time and they use the opportunity to reflect um, on their businesses as well as their, you know, and then personally. 
actually. Um, so I think, um, yeah, my two schools of thought are this. There's people have definitely now been um, had to, forced into the world of technology, um, maybe a little bit quicker than they wouldn't have done. So I, I'm, I'm part of a lot of I chair a number of different business groups in the area. Um, and what I've seen is a lot of people having to now to start to understand and use through um, because they're forced to to start to use technology to communicate in a different way. Um, and they're now starting to, uh, so to have to rethink uh, their business models, rethink the way they're delivering their value, um, even if it's in that in that short term. So I, I think for for business models as a whole, there's an opportunity. People hopefully are using an opportunity to say, well, actually, we were forced to um, to do something different, to pivot temporarily um, during this time. Is that something we want to continue with? Is this a way that we can continue to deliver value? Um, can we change the way our business model is structured and actually deliver that value in a different way? Uh, and that's back to the strategy to try help companies try and actually understand that uh, a little better and the other side of me is is also thinking um, because this is seems like it's going to go on for a, a prolonged period of time um, humans are very tribal um, and we, we we like that interaction and we we need the interaction um, and as much as you know we've been podcasting for years so we understand it and we can you know have that you know we understand sort of the ability to do those digital relationships but I wonder if people are gonna uh, are gonna come back after this and start to think in actual fact I crave more of the human interaction are they going to start networking more are they going to start you know wanting to uh, accept meetings from potential you know account managers and salespeople more because they actually now crave a little bit more human interaction um, as opposed to doing things digitally um, the honest answer is um, I, it will depend and I don't know uh, I'm intrigued to see how it's going to work out but I think the longer it goes on I think there'll definitely be um, uh, more of a need for that human interaction and maybe that's where the digital side is going to uh, it's going to have its challenges it's actually going to be it needs to come to a perfect mix but David needed to anyway it had to anyway we need to find that right blend between digital and humans uh, and now's probably the perfect time to actually to work out where we're going with it oh yeah yeah you're right um the i i wonder if potentially what could happen and it's all speculation this is a bit like um football pundits blabbing on about what the game's going to be like before it's even taken place do you know what i mean but um although you're a better pundit than me dave i you know i'd always get a bit carried away but but i wonder whether whether this whether it could drive people further apart in terms of their interactions. You know, the fact that in 12 weeks' time, we will be absolutely used to doing business across video conference. And that is that is a very cost-effective way of communicating. If if communicating in that way keeps, people's in jo- keeps people in jobs because businesses can close down office, expensive office space, individuals are going to, you know, if they're given a choice, well, we either lose one of you and go back in the office, or we keep all of you on and we keep we keep we keep communicating by Zoom. I know what most people would would decide to do, and I wonder because over time we'll get used to this. Uh, over time, businesses will get used to this, and they'll, you know, all my clients and all your clients and myself and everyone listening to this podcast has probably gone through their bottom line and gone, okay, we can cut, cut, cut those, and actually we can maintain a level of of business continuity on that figure. Um, it's going to be very, very. It's going to be a very brave 
business owner when we're out of this who's going to go right we're going to we're going to go back to spending what we were before because because of this this is really shaking people to their core so i wonder whether it will change the way that that it will push humans in inverted commas further apart in certain scenarios maybe in professional scenarios it might bring people close together in their personal lives because they've been copped up at, cooped up at home for for 12 weeks together and if they haven't thought of each other by then they're going to be they're going to have closer hopefully more 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 kind of healthy relationships but but i wonder if it's going to have the opposite effect and we talked about this beforehand and i don't want to go too far down this path because it's kind of a piece of work, research i'm working on and i'll blather on about it later but there is a there is a um uh, a kind of path that i think potentially technology will will lead us to and we can talk about ai and and, and it has got an ai aspect is and i was speaking to ali and neil at experience ux about this one of my clients the other week and we were talking about um personalized ai something can work in on researching quite a lot at the moment which is fundamentally um uh, predictive you know booking a meeting at a certain time booking a restaurant booking your train da, 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 da. very kind of simple in inverted commas stuff so excuse me so if if each of us has a personalized uh, artificial intelligence double doing a lot of our work for us or considering amount of our work for us how do how do you market to that person if half of what that person's behavior is online is done by a by a computer done by an algorithm how do you market to an algorithm how you know where do you differentiate between the human and the AI, and, and, and the AI that, that the human tends to be using so so I know it's kind of going on a, on a slight diversion as usual here but I wonder whether whether that albeit well I don't think it's going to be that far away I think three or four years potentially we'll see that very simple kind of stuff going on if we don't already um I think that's what this this virus could could this kind of human virus could do in terms of our the way we interact with each other and technology. I think it's it's got a risk of of reshaping relations human relationships <clears throat> and really really delineating between the work the workplace and and how sorry I've rambled. How would you how would you how what what are your thoughts on that in terms of yeah the, well the, the, other, I, the other side I, of the coin really. Absolutely. So I'll go back to sort of the, the first point there. I think the one thing that um, is without a doubt going to be less. Uh, well, there's, there's there's a lot of this, you know, uh, communication going on, like you say, via Zoom and other, you know, other digital communication tools. Um, but, but transactions are without a doubt less, you know, considerably less. So at the moment, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of communication, which is great. Um, and like I said, I think we've definitely increased that on the bell curve in terms of people's adoption of these technologies. Um, and so people are going to be, you know, they've been sort of forced to now get comfortable very quickly, um, and not through choice, but they've had to become very quickly with technology very quickly. But the transactional part is definitely not there, um, you know, for, for most businesses. You know, some people, some businesses are obviously thriving right now, uh, and that's just, you know, the nature of the beast and, and the environment we're in right now. So I think it's going to be interesting to see whether that technology and sales elements um, are then going to sort of move in uh, beyond, you know, the, the, the end of this um pandemic whether you know we're going to start seeing that technology adopted more into it as transactions slowly start to sort of increase again as people become a bit more comfortable because it's going to take a bit of time before commerce to pick up for people to start like you said people are going to be uh, are definitely going to be 
tightening their budgets, you know, and working out, you know, what they, you know, in actual fact, realizing we, we do need to control what we're spending and so on. But the commerce side will take a few months more to kick in. But as soon as the consumer confidence does kick in, it's now, that's the point where the sort of the sales, it's funny enough, because I talk about these three things I have done in my book, and I've always talked about that, that combination of sales, marketing, technology, and that apex of the three um, coming together is where I believe we're going to be in the future. Um, does that make sense in terms of from a, from a, a commerce perspective? It does. You need to talk quickly about your book. Do a bit of, do a bit of um, marketing on your books. I didn't mention that before. I've, I've got a copy. I've read it. Tell everyone about your book. Go on, quickly. Well, interestingly, it's called Evolve Will Become Obsolete. And obviously, it was it was uh, it, it will be three years old, um, literally, um, in two days time, actually. Um, so um, and, and the idea of the book was was exactly that. It was uh, that, that, that combination of sales, marketing, technology uh, and the new ways of doing business, that ability to be able to for your business to be able to evolve in order to survive. So it's probably a never, you know, it's a great timing in terms of uh, what that book was about. Tiny, obviously, it's three years old now at that point, but the, 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 the base, the premise of it is still stands now just probably truer than ever today uh, on that basis on that point um so yeah and that's the idea of the book on on that front and i still believe today that is it's that it's still it's that apex of getting those three things right and what we now need to see is um is is how that how we're going to come out the other side how are how are business owners how are digital agencies um how are they going to now introduce that technology element into into their into marketing into digital marketing because there is now this additional almost like a new skill is being learned by people and saying actually we can do this we can communicate i can still do presentations yeah. i can kill conversion i can do we can still transact into an information perspective uh, and now can we can that now move on to another level in business and then back to your point on, on the ai part of it and that's obviously that's the next that's that next leap um now we knew what's coming now was always going to happen i just think this you know this situation that we're in now as i say has forced the bell curve a little bit further on people have been forced to now learn these new te- technologies probably a little bit quicker than they would be comfortable with particularly at that smaller business level um, mm. and now the medium sized businesses larger businesses that invested in this are probably now thinking probably making good use of those and actually now realising uh, the sort of the capabilities how business you know how digital can you know this is less about digital marketing now more about that whole digital transformation as a whole how can our business operate more digitally I think we're, we've just pushed the industry along a little bit and maybe people are now starting to think hold on a minute maybe now we need to be considering how our, our, our entire business business could operate more on a digital front the AI side of it is really interesting because like you say are we then would that's that's computers transacting with computers as opposed to a human element of it um, and it, and that that sort of again that comes in beautifully with the whole idea of, of blockchain technology um, which is absolutely we, we know that's the future and I just wonder you know it's taken something like this for us to move that digital um, to move digital along you know what's what's it going to be before eventually maybe this will then lead on to more conversations around blockchain technology about artificial intelligence in actual fact you're right then it be, does it become less about the human and more about those computer interactions um, as much as that's going to scare people whether if, if that's ultimately going to be the way we transact as organizations it's it's the it's going way we, it's going to go whether we like it or not hey so um hope you enjoyed it and have enjoyed it so far. The reason I've had to split it into two episodes is that I pressed the uh, wrong button. Um, when I was unmuting myself on the podcast app, I um, clicked on 
uh, stop recording by mistake. Um, usual Frank Spencer-esque um, uh, outcomes of my <laughs> of my life. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's the end of the first one where we talked about the, the kind of general impacts of, of, of the virus and, and we started to kind of dance around AI and we look in that in a bit more detail in the second episode, which I hope you will um, uh, download, listen to um, uh, as soon as uh, as soon as you want, as soon as you uh, uh, feel able to listen to my nonsense again. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed it and uh, take care. Cheers.